2: and welcome to another episode of the wrestling daily again alex mccarthy on assignment today in abu dhabi so i'm joined by sp3 how you doing man
0: it is wednesday and you know what that means sp3 back on wrestling daily with the good brother louis dan gore it's gonna be another fun episode and it's wednesday so you know it's debate night so Time to get another W on my uh, win record.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're debating something quite interesting today, which uh, we'll be talking about later on. And we've actually got a video from Alex uh, revealing where he lies on the debate. So uh, it's sort of, I guess, a three-way debate, but mainly myself and SB3. But before we get there, we've got quite a lot of news to cover once again on the show today. We've got a former WWE Champions return being confirmed. Uh, Matt Riddle not signing with WWE, or re-signing, should I say. A top star potentially leaving this month. uh, T-Bar and Sammy Sammy Guevara of AW having a little bit of beef. Uh, Dax Harwood of AW then chiming in on the beef on Twitter. Uh, Retribution uh, contracts and a bit of information on that. Uh, Chris Jericho revealing that he had COVID in September. And uh, a former WWE star saying that they'd like to get involved with the creative team. As well as some news on uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and an awards ceremony, I guess that AEW is starting. So a lot of news, of course, and uh, obviously uh, we'll have your ultra chats there as well. If you guys want us to debate a particular topic, talk about something, if you if you guys have want us to want to know our thoughts on on anything, send it in to uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestle two. And we will get in there and dissect them. But okay, let's start off with the news uh, today that broke about Matt Riddle potentially not re-signing with WWE despite reports saying that he had done. So do you want to break us uh, down who said what and uh, what this might mean for the future of Riddle?
0: Yes. So, you know, we uh, i have seen uh, previous reports from uh, the Wrestling Observer as well as uh, Fightful Select talking about uh, Matt Riddle and re-signing his uh, deal with the WWE. It was pre- previously reported by Wrestling Observer that he was signing a four, uh, $400,000 a year contract with WWE for three more years, but it's been reviewed by... Uh, it's been reported by Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer Live that he is under the impression that Riddle has not re-signed with WWE. His quote said, Remember when they offered him a new deal? I don't think he signed yet. Just want to throw that out there. So this comes off the heels, of course, of uh, Riddle coming off a a stunningly convincing loss to Bobby Lashley on Raw this week. Uh, He then followed that up by versing MVP in a very quick disqualification win for him. But it is very interesting timing of all of this uh, coming out right now. And we have heard, you know, the previous reports from Wrestling Observer Newsletter that he was not pleased with their first offer. He was then offered the contract that I I just spoke of, but it seems that he hasn't re-signed just yet.
2: Yeah, it's, it is I guess not too alarming because his contract is reportedly up in the summer. So around yeah. April, time, uh August time. So they, WWE still has eight months to, to sort this situation out. There are going to be contracts coming up far, far sooner than his, but a uh, real definitely since survivor series, I'd say a couple of weeks before, even there's been quite a regular fixture on Raw. So you can tell that WWE is wanting to, uh, sign him up definitely to a long deal and uh i I, but i don't expect him to go anywhere anytime soon i expect this to be the sort of situation where he does re-sign with the company whether it's in two weeks two months who knows but i don't expect him to go anywhere whereas someone else could so we've actually got news on ricochet whose deal is up at the end of this month reportedly so it's a very different situation and he also reportedly from brian alvarez isn't it uh, hasn't resigned and i know i mentioned earlier riddle probably not leaving i would be i'd be pretty not pretty surprised but i wouldn't be surprised if ricochet did leave i mean compared yeah. compared to how they're being used on tv ricochet really isn't being used well unfortunately he's he, he's a he He's involved with Retribution, which is fine. I mean, like it is it is what it is, but I don't think he's being used well at all. So I, I, he is someone that I could see leaving and would be a great pickup, whether it's back to New Japan or debuting in AEW. I think he'd be fantastic in either promotion.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much in a rehash of his storyline with The Hurt Business, and it yep. was and that was a rehash of the storyline with Cedric Alexander. So he's in a double rehash. So it's not looking very good for ricochet at this point. and he can realistically leave yesterday. And I don't think WWE would be hurt that much because they've really devalued him like he is a guy who was a star in lucha underground he he was the star in lucha underground when you think yeah. about his his run as prince puma he was one of the stars of the junior heavyweight division in in new japan pro wrestling i think his match with will osprey in 2017 2018 kind of put the junior heavyweight division on another platform And I think his return to New Japan would be great for them because they lack junior heavyweights at the current time. But with the whole global pandemic situation, maybe Japan won't be the best option but we do know he has a a pretty good relationship with like the young bucks during their past in PWG they were in a five-star classic match with uh Osprey, Matt Seidel and uh and Adam Cole in PWG so he has that history with them plus they know him from their time in New Japan as well so I think that we would see more value in Ricochet if he went over to AEW and I think that you know we we've seen it's not always the 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 best thing because timing is always everything with AEW because unlike other promotions they kind of plan out what kind of like New Japan they plan out things ahead of time so someone like Miro coming in early did not help him because he's kind of had to be on the back burner until they have a role for him but I think Ricochet is someone that they can immediately place somewhere and get a lot of value out of
2: Yeah, I mean, they could just announce Ricochet's having a match, and I think oh, it's not how I would do it, but you, you could you could definitely get a lot of value out of that. Um, Ace Shock has brought up an interesting question here. Expires or does the whole 90 days deal? So... I might be wrong here, but I'm 99% sure. If a contract expires, like we saw with Matt Hardy, whose deal expired at the end of uh, February last year, you can debut for another company, like he did oh, on the eight, oh, on the 18th episode of March, uh, with in another company. You don't have to right. wait the 90 days. But if you ask for your release, like we saw with FTR, like we saw with who's for their release, Brody Lee. Brody Lee, like we yeah. said, Brody, you have to wait the ninety days. Um, so Ricochet, if his deal is expiring and he doesn't resign, he would be free to start with another promotion whenever, really. So um, it's sort of thing we could see play out over the next couple of weeks, even potentially. I know Revolution pay per views coming up uh, at the end of February. That could be a great time to have Ricochet debut if you want to have that promote that sort of. Um, big special attraction feel to it uh, but obviously Wrestle Talk will keep you posted and wrestling daily with any additional information as we get closer to the time of Ricochet's contract reportedly expiring uh, once again guys if you want to get in your ultra chats head on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2 we'll read out every single one of them whatever the topic they are any dollar amount they will be uh, read out so that is WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2 um, a little bit more news there uh, before we, uh, maybe we'll do the debate midway through. Who knows? Okay. We're gonna, we're going to go on the fly with this. Um, so, T Bar and Sammy Guevara ha- decided to act a little bit immature on on Twitter. On Twitter, so um, I'll read out this one because uh, there's some there's some choice words said by people. Yes. So T-Bar tweets, um, obviously his finisher was the Feast Your Eyes, now Eyes Wide Shut. And that is what Sammy Guevara uses in AEW, just under a different name. So T-Bar tweeted yesterday, some little teenage virgin on AEW stole my finisher like four years ago after we did it on a show together. I'd steal something from his moveset, but it's all just Ricochet's moves. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Completely un- 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 uh, unprovoked. This just came out of nowhere, and it's not the first time Sammy's done the move. He it, it, it just said, it. "So Sammy then responds. Someone tell Teabag the move actually belongs to Matt Demorest, the guy he stole it from, and I'm just trying to get the move to be seen since you're uh, since you know he's never on TV. Also, while you're still doing nothing in catering on Monday, check out the newest vlog. So." Sammy Guevara with with, with a little quip back. And then we've got uh, T-Bar, or as he was known uh, by Guevara, T-Bag. Someone tell Panda Kid I had a singles match on TV last night and I didn't steal the move from some backyarder. I thought of it in a wrestling ring with Kilfanova, who I actually uh, need need to check who that is. Christian Casanova. Christian, this is why you're on the show, SB3. Look at you seamless uh try being creative sometime instead of i don't know making jokes about rape so for some for anyone that doesn't know uh sammy Guevara, it was uncovered in 2016 he made some uh, just frankly disgusting remarks about sasha banks joking about things like that he has since apologized sasha banks has come forward and spoken about it um But yeah, so Dominic Dijakovic, uh, formerly, anyway, T-Bar has decided to bring that up. And then we had Dax Harwood chiming in, who said, stole my finisher, my finisher. This guy is an idiot. He's lucky to even be in the business. And T-Bar responds to that, saying, I could never understand what your problem was with me. I was always polite to you, complimented your matches. I think you hated my style. So weird. Hope all is well. You usually seem like a nice enough dude. So... I don't even know where to start with this. It just seemed like just a bit immature from all around, really. Just a bit wrestlers complaining about stealing each other's moves and then calling each other virgins, and I don't really know where it came from, SP 3
0: I mean, and and T-Bar and Retribution overall... T-Bag. T-Bag. T-Bag, then. uh, And Retribution overall have had immaculate uh, Twitter game it seems like and I can say without a shadow of a doubt I have never seen someone take so many L's in a Twitter war since Seth Rollins in, in 2019 That this was a double a double L for, for T back here because first of all when Dax Hardwood jumps in and you're basically uh, playing victim like you, you're always picking on me you just didn't like my style so weird you seem like a nice dude and then, and then he deletes his tweets. Oh man, that's that's the that's the that's the Twitter tap out. That's the Twitter tap out. It, I understand blocking somebody because sometimes you don't want the their ignorance and the and the toxicity in the Twitter universe. Just block them. Don't delete your tweets. That's that's the tap out. And you started it. That's what makes it worse. You started yeah. it. And it just makes you seem so immature. I saw people trying to, you know, come in his defense. Oh, T bar always trolls like that. Oh, T bar always does that. But you don't delete your tweet then. If you're gonna, if you're trolling, you don't delete your tweet. Be the troll. Keep it going. But you tapped out. So double L.
2: Yeah, it wasn't good. It really wasn't good. Um, it was, I've never seen someone backpedal so quickly from him saying like calling Sammy Guevara a little virgin to, um, to then being like, oh, I was really nice to you, Dax, and you were never nice to me. I've never seen someone backpedal so quickly. But, um, I mean, I don't even know where to start or where to end with that. So I think we should just move on while these wrestlers are being a touch immature. Um, and obviously, um, yeah, Teabag bag and the Virgin Sammy Guevara can settle their beef outside of the wrestling daily realms.
0: I, I like how Sammy responded. Honestly, I, I yeah. can't. I can't. I can't one hundred percent say he was being immature. Maybe no. responding at all is immature, but the fact that he used it to plug his vlog—that that's that's genius. He knew the whole exchange was gonna get coverage, was gonna get attention, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna plug my vlog here. That was smart to me.
2: That's business. Yeah, and I mean, so, so T Bar didn't tag Sammy Guevara, but tagged mm. other people in the tweet. Yeah. So Sammy Guevara was just defending himself. In fairness, he was just like someone's come after me. I'm gonna come after him. Just don't know where it came from. From Tiba, it's not a new move. I was just I woke up this morning and I was looking through news stories to write, and I was like, okay. I mean, I'll write it, but why? Why is this something I'm writing? Seemed like sort of like kids at school when they just bicker with each other, and yeah. you just like I felt like like a teacher reading this report the two kids had sent in of like people arguing with each other. But
0: and and the backyard wrestler uh, came out and confirmed he came up with the move in 2010. So that and that might be a triple L. That that's even bigger than Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins just took the L to Osprey, but he 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 didn't get a triple L. Man, that's tough. That's tough. T bar.
2: I don't even want to know what conversations have been had behind the scenes. Seeing people win WWE after reading that, but nonetheless. Should we get on talking about Retribution's contracts while we're talking about Um, T-Bar? So there's been some news break uh, from Fightful Select regarding Retribution's contracts and the fact that they're actually significantly lower than deals being made for other WWE talent over the last couple of years with AEW. So, um, yeah. Do you want to sort of run us through that report?
0: Yes. So, yeah, like you said, it's coming from uh, FIFA Select. Uh, All the members of Retribution, excluding um, Mustafa Ali, has been offered uh, three-year deals worth $250,000 a year. Uh, FIFA said it has learned the details on new contract offers to members of Retribution. Several sources with knowledge of the deal say that the fall of 2020, WWE offered each member of the stable, not including Ali, three-year contracts worth $250,000 per year. This is significantly lower than a lot of incoming deal offers made in the last two years with more competition on the scene. But obviously, the state of the world has changed things in that regard. Some of the call-ups earlier this year were told that they could possibly renegotiate offers when and if things change, but we weren't told if retribution were extended the same courtesy or even if they signed on the dotted line. We have heard of numerous wrestlers in WWE who have opted to pass on renewing their contracts instead choosing to wait until their leverage is better. This is just a it's a it's a bad time to not have a contract in WWE like people like AJ Styles, The Good Brothers, Randy Orton just picked they had perfect timing for making new deals with the company like AEW first came into play in 2019 you saw people like orton with this with the elite sign kind of playing the whole game online even someone like you know brock lesnar has has a better chance right now even in this current situation but these guys you know Mia Yim who's worked really hard to get to the main roster dominate Dijakovic regardless of his Twitter game he worked really hard on the independent scene Ring of Honor and NXT to get this chance you just really feel for them that you know they're not getting what, what seems like they're just due or what they are worth uh, for all the hard work that they put in. But I think that these are all individuals that otherwise wouldn't get, get the opportunities that they're getting. They're on the raw roster. No matter what we think about the retribution uh, storyline and how the stable is booked, they are seen by some of the most wrestling fans around the world on any single tv show outside of smackdown raw is the highest rated wrestling weekly show in the world so they are have a lot a lot of eyes on them so it is that type of exposure but you got to feel for them for not getting the contracts that everyone else were able to get in the last two years
2: i mean i do understand it to an extent because of the pandemic going on like things are things are difficult for companies and it would be Poor business if WWE, not poor business, but it would look bad if WWE is offering massive contracts to these people after they fur- uh, furloughed so much of their workforce and released so much talent. It wouldn't be a great look. No, not no, although WWE hasn't really shown a uh, a care for that previously. I don't think it's a great look. Um, but I mean, listen. I, so I, I was actually looking up there the conversion rate. Because I didn't know how much two hundred fifty thousand dollars was in in pounds, it's still pretty healthy. I'll tell you that. Probably not compared to what some people are earning on the main roster, but I mean, I, it's it's around one hundred eighty thousand pounds in the UK. I'd probably be called Pack to be to to be a uh, to be um to, to be earning that amount of money. It's not awful, but no. I do understand compared compared to other people.
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: I think we've even got one here from Paul Wright. Uh, for 250K a year, they can call me Mudbull. Yeah, they can call me a lot of things for 250K a year. I'll, I'll tell you it. that. <laughs> yeah, Alex, call, Alex calls me things uh, for, for nothing. I don't get paid enough to call the whatever he calls me. Um, but yeah, it's definitely sort of interesting to see. And that might be a reason why with the likes of Ricochet that we mentioned earlier and Married, obviously not certain, but speculation if contracts are lower because of the pandemic and things going on and people are rejecting deals, that could be a reason why. Um Gone then. Let's head on to a little bit more news here, and the titular news, actually, today. Uh, we've got a former WWE champion returning, and his return has been confirmed. So uh, news broke over the weekend. The WWE is putting on the Superstar Spectacle, a WWE show in India. And uh, returning at the show is Jinder Mahal, who I guess was rumored, but... Um, Sort of, it, it was unclear on his timetable due to injury. And uh, we've heard that Jinder DeBahaw is going to be at the show, according, WWE has announced themselves uh, in a press release. The following names will be at the Superstar Spectacle, which is Drew McIntyre, which was surprising considering the COVID stuff. Uh, yeah. Roman Mysterio, Charlotte Flair, AJ Styles, Bayley, New Day, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, Dov Ziggler, Robert Roode, Ricochet, Ric Flair. And then Indian wrestlers such as Jinder Mahal, The Bollywood Boys uh, and uh, Kavita Devi. So uh, some of the Indian talent and some other Indian talent that are uh, on WWE's books. Uh, the show will re- be reportedly taped at the Performance Center uh, next week. And will uh, apparently or uh, well, has been confirmed will be airing on the 26th, which is a Tuesday of this month, which is India's Republic Day. It actually won't air on the WWE Network. Interestingly, it is just a show that's going to be airing on Indian television networks. Um, Do you think this is a permanent move for Jinder Mahal, sort of will be part of the WWE uh, India brand, which will presumably be the NXT India brand? Or do you see him back on the Raw roster where he was before seemingly setting up a feud with Drew McIntyre? Uh, Do you think he will be uh, heading over there uh, once this whole sort of taping is done?
0: So I, I got a little bit of exclusive news from uh, Sports Kita Wrestling, where I, I I do have a role as a writer from uh, Raiju Desgupta. He gave me the little scoop that this is not a part of the whole NXT India expansion. This is more of like a special event that they're just doing for the for India's uh, Republic Day. So it's not a part of the NXT India type of brand or their expansion or global local localization as uh Triple H uh put it. This is more of like a special event, which I think it would be a great starting point for NXT India, but I I understand you know keeping it as a standalone event. As far as Jinder Mahal, I think that he's gonna be still on the main roster on Raw and SmackDown. You know, you see someone like Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch—they weren't a part of NXT UK. You know, for better or worse, uh, I think all of them. You could say even since the NXT brand, uh, NXT UK brand launched, they've they're in better positions than they were when before it launched. Drew McIntyre, WWE champion, Finn Balor, uh, NXT champion, uh, Becky Lynch, the longest reigning Raw women's champion. So I think that they use the main roster to promote these people that have the background of these uh, of these places that they're expanding in to further the the you know further have things to talk about on those brands because NXT UK they talk about Drew McIntyre and stuff like that a lot and on NXT India I think we might see uh Jinder Mahal get a renewed push on the main roster they could talk about him being a former WWE champion they yeah. could talk about him being a former US champion and we might see him win the Intercontinental title on SmackDown so they can be like the current Intercontinental champion you know these guys that are in NXT India are going to try to get to Jinder Mahal spot. They want to achieve the greatness that he has. So we could see a renewed push for him. We could see a renewed push for the Bollywood boys. They, they've been picking up wins on 205 Live, but we might even see them maybe uh, advance in the Dusty Rose tag team classes. Even just getting a win, that's something that they they weren't getting as the Jinder Mahal lackey. So that would be an improved push for them. So I think that Jinder is going to stay on the main roster but I do also think that him on NXT India, we could see more importance for him if he was to be put on there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising news. I don't think I was kind of expecting when this India show was announced that the Bollywood Boys and Jinder Mahal would be on the show, particularly with it being taped in the US. It was, it was kind of to be expected. Uh, but it is obviously interesting your... No, I guess it could be something similar to the WWE United Kingdom tournament tapings that they had before, like even a year before NXT UK launched. And it wasn't linked, but it was kind of the prelude to test the waters out, to see if the interest. And I presume this will be what blossoms into it. Uh, But yeah, I... I mean, I don't know how we'll watch the show because it's airing exclusively on India, which I guess does show the intent. If it's not going to be put on the network live or or immediately when it's being shown, it's going to be shown elsewhere. Uh, But I presume it will end up on the network nonetheless. And we'll obviously bring you any interesting news that happens on the show. Um, I want to get one quick Ultra Chat in before we uh, move on to some other news bits. So, if you guys want to get in your Ultra Chats, head on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. Any news, any topics we will get into. So, we have a chat here from Carol Ones, who says, Hi, Louis and SB3. Sneaking in to drop off my debate. Uh, we know that we know crowds come WrestleMania 37. So, do you think they should do a show as a two-night show like last year or cut it down to one day. It is supposed to be the biggest show, right? Miss you all, hashtag hugs. Uh, Thank you, Carol. Um, I don't know about WrestleMania having no fans. I think WWE is going to try their hardest, whatever they can do, to have fans of the show. But I would have told you even a week ago, I cannot see the Royal Rumble without fans. So I I think that I probably could have told you a couple of months ago, I can't see Survivor Series without fans. I probably uh, a WrestleMania time. I would have said, I can't see SummerSlam without fans. So I, I don't know how much how further back this is going to be getting pushed, but I think WrestleMania will have some fans. It, it won't be a full crowd by no means, but I think with the vaccine starting to be rolled out, there will be some fans at the show. I, I don't know how, I don't know logistically, but I just think there will be some fans at the show uh, in terms of it being one or two nights, even if it is a limited crowd, I'd have it two nights. It flowed so much better. It was like two, three hour shows, which was fantastic. You, you didn't tire people out. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that I hope that a two night WrestleMania is the plan moving forward, uh, for every year, regardless of if there are fans or not. Uh, how about you? Do you think there will be fans? And what do you think about the two night, um, idea that Carol suggested?
0: Yeah, I, I am under the the idea that yeah, there's going to be some type of capacity of fans at WrestleMania. I, even when the you know the talks were that we were going to have fans back for the Royal Rumble, I said that's that's you know hopeful, but I think it's more likely that they have fans for WrestleMania. So I'm still under that that expectation and I'm hoping I'm hoping that there is some form of fans there. As far as the two night WrestleMania, I agree with you. It just flowed a lot better. I was I was so over seven hour WrestleManias, especially being there live for thirty three and thirty four. Man, oh man, those were rough to get through towards the end. Like it, it just it just drains you out as a fan. Everyone yeah. that I I didn't even you know when WrestleMania came here to the new york area in new jersey at metlife stadium i chose not to even go because i was going to be too drained i was also uh Heat was a part of the bullet club block party so i had to wake up in the morning for that before wrestlemania so i couldn't even imagine thinking of going to wrestlemania after being at the bullet club block party in the sun for like four or five hours i'm not going to be also back in the sun for another seven hours at wrestlemania even people that i know that went to their first wrestlemania for that event they were exhausted and they don't you know have the best experience they say up until kofi won the wwe championship that was a great show then after kofi won the title it was just downhill and you know with the women's first ever women's main event you don't want to have that type of feeling when you get to that that historic that historic monumental moment so I prefer the two night WrestleMania. I enjoyed it this year. It just flowed a lot better. I was able to enjoy both shows individually. And it's similar to Wrestle Kingdom. I think Wrestle Kingdom also should be a two-night event because this year night two was better than night one. Unlike last year, where I felt night one was better than night two. The big events just, you know, you are able to digest it a lot better in two nights.
2: I mean, even the thing is with Wrestle and what they've done, instead of going, all right, we're going to split the shows across two nights, they've just done we're going to just put two nights' worth of shows on. Yeah. Uh, which which I, I, I would even shorten those two personally. I think that they're too long. And if this pandemic has taught us anything, and hopefully it's that WWE has learned that less is more in terms of pay-per-view sometimes, in terms of the length, because I have enjoyed the pay-per-views being shorter that is, if anything, has been it's harder to watch AW pay per view sometimes with their length. Although they're they're brilliant, and uh, the wrestling is often better, I struggle to sometimes I lose focus a little bit uh, in in the shows. So yeah, I hope that we get a two night show. Uh, and obviously, although we've both said that we think fans will be there, I want them to do it if it's safe, not if it's not safe. And based on current numbers, it probably doesn't look like it will be, but. Safety is key. I would much rather see no fans in the stadium uh, than fans and then have reports of COVID cases and the like. Um, Okay, so some let's get into the debate now. Let's get into the debate before we dive into a little bit more news. Um, Something I'm quite passionate about is how good Brock Lesnar is. And I suggested this topic to SB3 uh, this morning. So what we are going to debate is who has been WWE's most influential character and influential performer for the last 10-ish years. Uh, call it nine years, because that suits both of our arguments perfectly. Um, so I'm going to go with Roman Reigns. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar. And SP3 is going to go with Roman Reigns. So uh, SP3, you yeah, we'll let you kick off here. Uh, break down for me why you think Roman Reigns is WWE's most influential performer since his debut with The Shield.
0: So I think it it, ever since the debut of The Shield, Roman Reigns is kind of a microcosm and probably the opposite of what people view a call-up from NXT. A call-up from NXT has a bad aura around it, you people, people don't want to see people like Undisputed Era or Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa even go to the main roster because the percentage of NXT call ups are just—it's a—it's a horrible percentage. But if there is a three uh, out of out of a hundred cases, three cases where it worked, it is the Shield. It is Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and most importantly, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was the guy that they pegged to be the next John Cena. And in that, he kind of carried the the reaction that John Cena got. But if you look at his entire career from just being in the Shield, the Shield is the most influential stable of the past decade. So that run is just phenomenal. He was great in it. He played his role, his role perfectly. Then from there, he took the mantle of John Cena Before John Cena even left, John Cena's transitioned into more of like an upper mid-card role being in the U.S. title scene, while Roman was elevated to the main event scene. For better or worse, he took that mantle and he got the reaction that that mantle has desired over the last 20 years, it seems like. Um, But in, in Through It All... He always performed at his top level. He put in great matches with the likes of The Big Show. He put in great matches with Seth Rollins, with Dean Ambrose, with guys like Sheamus. Roman Reigns has been the top star, and he has been able to elevate people in the process. Braun Strowman would not be a former Universal Champion without Roman Reigns, without that run with Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins, when he won his first WWE Championship, he didn't pin Brock Lesnar. He pinned Roman Reigns. He did get a win over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, but I would like to argue that the better Seth Rollins title run, for better or worse, was in 2015 against 2019. So his elevation to the top, to the main event scene, was through Roman Reigns. You know, he's been in some rough spots. I'm not going to lie. He's been in rough spots with Triple H. The Undertaker at Wrestlemania but through it all he's always persevered and he's come out the other side stronger and then we have this run right now where he is by far the most important character the most influential person he's elevating people like Jey Uso like Kevin Owens he's elevated so many people over the past decade I think it's inarguable how important Roman Reigns is to the WWE brand. He is the face of the WWE, and he is the most important performer of the past decade.
2: Listen, you make very, very, very good points. I completely agree with you. A point that I'd like to bring up, mainly about Brock Lesnar first. So, Brock Lesnar for me is one of the most somehow underrated WWE performers that there has been. Uh I think back at uh, the three most shocking matches of 20 uh, of the last 10 years. For me it's John Cena probably four actually. It's John Cena versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam the squash match. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. It's the Seth Rollins cash in which Roman uh, which Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were involved in. And it is also, um, what was the other one I was going to suggest? Uh, the Undertaker streak. Yeah. So four of the most shocking matches, all involving Brock Lesnar. Sort of industry changing, I'd call some of them, particularly The Undertaker. I don't think Undertaker's been the same since. It has really changed The Undertaker that match with Brock Lesnar. I think he has had such a role in elevating people. Although I would have done things very differently with the Roman Reigns feud, you argued, oh, without, Braun Strowman, without Roman Reigns, you don't get Braun Strowman. I'd argue without Brock Lesnar, we don't get Roman Reigns or as what we know him as now. I think there would have still been the desire to push him to those heights, but I think Ro- uh, Brock Lesnar has had a massive hand in helping how Roman uh, Reigns has been um, perceived by the fans being put on that level. Uh, I think Brock Lesnar has offers something different on every card he's on. Every card he's on, I can guarantee that my Brock Lesnar match will not be the same as my other world title match. It has a different feel to it. He has a different feel to it. Yeah, He brings that legitimacy a legitimacy to wrestling that is often lacked. He is the sort of person where I could look at him and you could show a neutral or someone that isn't a WWE fan and say, oh, Brock Lesnar's uh, wrestling. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I know who Brock Lesnar is. He's the sort of person that... You can show to an outside fan. You can promote on social media and who can have an impact. And I understand people's issues with Brock Lesnar. And I think what has been so, I guess, detrimental to him is the way he's been booked. But I think it's not... it's not his fault that I, I think, if anything, the fact he doesn't appear on TV every week helps. It makes him feel more like a prize fighter, more like a special attraction. And as we mentioned with Goldberg, when we were speaking about him returning last week, Brock Lesnar isn't like Vincent Mann's paying him the money. If Brock Lesnar can get the money he's, he's getting, he's Good for him. What a businessman. Do what he wants. And I want to bring up this comment here from Uptown Avondale. The other point is Brock Lesnar isn't interested in making the company look good. He only helps himself. Roman does work to get other guys over. I would like to say SummerSlam matches, Survivor Series matches. I mean, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, even Finn Balor at the Royal Rumble. uh, His stuff with Roman Reigns, even. I would say Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I would say Brock Lesnar. Has when he wants to, he does turn up. Rey Mysterio last year, he does turn up and help put people over. Drew McIntyre, if you listen to a Drew McIntyre interview, all he speaks about is how Roman, uh, how Drew McIntyre wanted to help him. How Drew McIntyre was said to him when they had that angle on Raw when he Claymore kicked him at the top of the stage. He was like, Cold up the title. That's not selfish, that's selfless in wanting to put other people over. He's elevated a lot of people. Uh, he, he has also uh, at times probably should have lost to some people like Braun Strowman, probably should have put them over. But I do think that to say he's not interested in making other people look good or the company look good, I would disagree with personally. I think he's a one of a kind generational talent. You will yeah. get potentially another Roman Reigns. I don't think you get another Brock Lesnar personally. Um, have you got any sort of thing to add to what I had to say, I guess, or any uh, sort I think,
0: of rebuttals? I think the best way to put this is Brock Lesnar is the biggest star of the past decade. He's the biggest star without a shadow of doubt when you look at the numbers, when you look at the finance, when you look at his role in so many big-time matches and memorable and important matches. But I still stand by the argument that Roman Reigns is most is more important to the past decade of WWE than Brock Lesnar because even guys that you could say that Brock elevated like I said with Seth Rollins they kind of had to beat Roman Reigns to even get the opportunity to go to Brock Lesnar even someone like Drew McIntyre who I do accredit Brock Lesnar for making him a star and putting him on a level for you know the loss at Wrestlemania 36 who did Drew eliminate to win the Royal Rumble Roman Reigns someone like like the people that they didn't all pull the trigger all the way on like Shinsuke Nakamura when his biggest moment on the main roster that's why I was kind of calling blasphemy on people that was like the gauntlet this week was the biggest moment he's ever had no I was there live in Philadelphia Royal Rumble 2018 that was the moment that Shinsuke Nakamura was the king of strong style in WWE and who was the guy that they that he eliminated to win there Roman Reigns Roman Reigns had just been a key part of the whole WWE microcosm over the past decade. I think that he has really filled the shoes of John Cena. He's a long way from even where he was in 2017 when John Cena called him out for not filling in his shoes the way he should have. And that the fact that John Cena had to keep coming back. If you notice after that matchup, John Cena's frequent uh, returns to the main roster got less and less frequent. And that was because roman reigns was filling that role perfectly and he has filled it completely now with this run in uh 2020 into 2021 he's elevating more people jay uso kevin owens we'll see if he versus uh shinsuke nakamura down the line and i'm sure he will elevate him as well i just think that roman reigns is the most influential but i totally agree with all your points on brock lesnar but that that tells me that he's more of the biggest star than more influential than roman
2: I, I 100% get what you mean. My argument would be, so your your example of Drew McIntyre at, at Royal Rumble, uh, I think that, yes, he last eliminated Roman Reigns, but what people were talking about coming out of the Rumble was more the fact that he eliminated Drew, uh, Brock Lesnar earlier yeah. on, hit him with the claim or got him out. And had that whole big run. Uh, like I don't. So I know people were divided on the Royal Rumble. I said without Brock Lesnar dominating the first half, Drew McIntyre's win and elimination of him is less impactful. So mm-hmm. I think it was genius, and he helped illustrate that and uh, map that out. I think if you if he would have eliminated AJ Styles last or another heel or Randy Orton last, I think it would have had maybe not the same impact as a Roman Reigns, but it would have been bigger. But I think it would have been just as big but i think if you don't have brock lesnar in that role if he is put over by a goldberg at wrestlemania or a aj styles or, or a randy orton or someone else i don't think it has the same impact i think brock lesnar was was the key figure there but i do understand what you mean in terms of when you want to put someone over they do often put roman reigns in that role roman reigns is eliminated uh, i think he's over the last 4 years he has been the last person eliminated in the Royal Rumble three times. So he's clearly, as you say, someone that WWE says, all right, we need to build someone. Let's have Roman Reigns be a figure in that. Um, Listen, I I agree with a lot of what you've said, and I think you make a compelling point uh, for for all of it. And I think that there's there's an argument to be said that Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar without each other would be less influential. I think they've been, particularly over the last five years, so synonymous with each other. That Absolutely. you can't really speak about one without speaking about the other. Although we can talk about a lot of how their feud was mishandled, how Roman Reigns should have been put over at times that he wasn't. Uh, but I want to head over to Alex here because Alex has uh, has chimed in with his his thoughts on um, on the debate. So let's head over to him.
3: Hello, guys. It's me once again, Alex McCarthy, making a cameo on my own goddamn show while Louis and SP3 hold down the fort. While I'm here in Abu Dhabi on UFC business, I've been out there doing interviews today. But unfortunately, the internet says I cannot be your host once again. So allow the dulcet tones of uh, the wonder kid, Louis Dangor and SB3 to keep you company. While I am away, I understand they're doing a bit of a debate tonight. And the debate is Brock Lesnar's value to WWE. It's a very interesting one. It's very interesting. I've spoken to several superstars who have really praised the work of Brock Lesnar as one of the best minds in the business. Could you have believed that even a few years ago when people were furious at the climax of WrestleMania 34? um, And, you know, it seemed that he was just squashing his way through everyone. But alas, he's put over Drew, he's put over Seth, he's put over Roman. Brock is like super underrated as a seller tremendous tremendous seller when he wants to do that for someone he's arguably the best in the business he put together with Paul Heyman it's worth noting the first half of the Royal Rumble in 2020 and that was one of the best Rumbles overall especially the first half that I've seen in such a long time if ever I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say it's in the conversation so Brock Lesnar deserves a lot of credit for knowing how to do business, being the great worker that he is. Um, and I feel like a lot of the time he gets chastised for the way that Vince values him and the money he gives him for the little work that he has to do. Again, like Goldberg, it's not Brock's fault. It's great work if you can get it, and that man can get it. He's got the best look, um, man. The aura—it's legit. It's a superstar. I think we should all appreciate Brock Lesnar while we can. There are still great matches out there for him. And uh, I really feel like he's shown his value in the last three to four years. I was a frustrated Brock Lesnar guy at one point, and he completely turned me around with the past few years. So I think, you know, Louis is making a point, I believe, that he's the most valuable player since his return to WWE in 2012. It's debatable. I mean, the Shield arrived same year. You can make the case for them and the impact they've had on the company. But Brock Lesnar as a star attraction and being every bit that he's built to be, the man's fantastic. Take care, everybody. Even Louis, even you can take care.
2: (laughs) Mean. Really mean. (laughs) um... (laughs) I don't, don't, don't know why he's always got to take little jabs at me. But, um, yeah, I I, th- I didn't listen to what Alex had to say because I didn't want to uh, have him suggest a point and then it'd be a little bit of an unfair advantage on me because i will be like, I'll steal Alex's point. But he has argued pretty much similar stuff that I've argued. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be hard to... I, I mean, you know what? Let, let's leave it to the comments. Comments, who do you think won that debate? I think it was... SP3 has done enough to probably convince me that... Uh, uh, Roman Reigns definitely in with a shout but I think this is probably the closest debate you haven't smoked me like no. you usually smoke Alex. this
0: this would be a 10 9 round for sure but my my final point is was my first point Brock Lesnar I agree with everything I I honestly agree with everything you said there's not one thing that I can poke a hole at or anything like that i usually can in these debates whenever it comes to whatever side of the spectrum i'm on but i can't poke a hole in anything you said but one thing i can say is the original point that i made brock lesnar was a star from the past that they brought back in 2012 and he has been the biggest star over the past year but he's still a star from the past he's still a star from the from ruthless aggression not the attitude era but still ruthless aggression era Roman Reigns is an NXT call-up, so the value in that and the the way that it goes against everything that we believe about NXT call-ups, I think that is the number one reason why he's more important than, than Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar was a star before these this 10 years. Roman Reigns wasn't.
2: Yeah, I listen. You, you, you make a very good point, and we got some, uh, we got, we got some answers here from people with uh, who people think won that debate. So we got an SP three here. We got another sb three here. We got an Alex here. He's he's won the debate um, with his two minute video. We've got uh, me. We've got you. We've got me again. We've got me. We've got SP three only just. We've got Bonza Felice, I'm with Louis. We've got Mod Mother Jenna, who's clearly got an agenda against me and has voted for uh, you, uh, both of you. Uh, but listen, yeah, I think that, as you say, that was a 10-9 to you. It's close. It's very, very right. close. Uh, and I, I think I'm very happy. that Well, not very happy, but if I had to lose to anyone, uh, I'm glad it's you and not that scoundrel Alex McCarthy. Um. All right, we've got a little bit more news to dive into. But before we do that, let's just read a few ultra chats here. If you guys want to get in your ultra chats, head on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestle2. Uh, we'll answer your question, debate any topic you want uh, for the remainder of this show. Sorry about that. Uh, we have a uh, question here from Mike Jensen. Uh, has there been an update on Alexa Bliss's injury from over the summer? The character she has with The Fiend seems to be an excellent filler story if she needs time to recover from the concussion neck issue she had. Have I missed a news story about Alexa Bliss being injured over the summer?
0: I'm, I'm not too sure about that, because I remember her wrestling against uh, Nikki, Nikki Cross before they got into, you know, Fiend got knee-deep in this... Uh, Feud with Randy Orton. She did defeat uh, Nikki Cross on an episode of Monday Night Raw, I believe, in November or late October yeah. at least. So I, I I don't remember of the injury. Maybe there was one, but I remember her still wrestling on SmackDown when she was over on that brand in the summer. So interesting.
2: Yeah, I I think I, I'm, unless Mike Jansen get it get in the comments, I won't make you ultra chat this. But where have you got yeah. that story from? Because I don't think she has been injured this summer. I think this is just more where the, the avenue WWE wants to take with the storyline. I know she has had a history, as you say, of neck and back problems and and uh, and, uh, and sort of concussion issues. So uh, it could be linked to that, but I don't think it is this time with the injuries. Uh, one more here from Mandy Savage. Um, Dono Story? I don't know what means. Uh, maybe donation story. Who knows? I have a soft spot for Jinder Mahal simply because I was once a part of a house show crowd full of dirty marks who chanted three and B. him for so long, he turned around, smiled super big, did an air guitar for us. And we all lost our minds. Yeah. I, w- w- I want to go to a WWE house show. I don't know how much longer they're going to be a thing for, or when they're going to return, but they do seem like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Sort of like wrestlers being able to have some fun with the crowd and things like that, like stuff like the Jinder Mahal. He won't be able to do that on TV, uh, I presume. Being from the, have you been to the famous MSG shows uh, over on Boxing Day or twenty uh, yeah.
0: six? They I've must been, be quite. Cool. I've been to so many MSG shows throughout my my lifetime. I don't. I think I've mentioned it on here before, but one of my my favorite memories as a kid. I think I was only uh 14 years old in 2002 when triple h returned from his quad injury i was there in the crowd and you know being in that crowd regardless of if you're there for a raw for a house show it's just a different type of feeling a different type of aura i think the last time i went to the christmas show i went with my nephew so we have a connection i've been with my nephew there when he was like eight nine years old and now he's in his uh teenage years when he was like 15 we went we went again so it's it's a very like family homely thing going to those uh those boxing day events at msg and it's always fun and always has a steel cage match as i as i mentioned to you before yeah.
2: <laughs> i do remember that i thought you'd been to the shows and i was like am i thinking of someone else but as soon as you mentioned the steel cage i was like oh yeah there we go uh, before we get into your final ultra chats, let's head on over to a little bit more news here. Um, and do, 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 we have had the uh, brackets for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic announced. And because I am the most organized man in sports uh, infotainment, I've got the bracket here. So um we can go through it. So on the uh right so, so for the first round matches we've got Adam Cole and Roderick Strong against Brizango, Tony Nice and Aria Davari versus Ashante the Adonis and Troy. I don't even know who who Troy is, I got to be honest.
0: Desmond Desmond Troy.
2: Desmond Troy, I did know that. Uh, Kashida and Leon Ruff versus Gargano and Austin Theory, which should be very fun. Uh, Everise versus grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, Legada Dal Phantasma versus uh, the Bollywood Boys, Imperium versus uh, Raw's Lucha House Party, uh, um, Kurt Stallion and Austin Gray. Austin Gray or August Gray? August, August Gray. Gray. Yep. yep. Uh, that, uh, that's his new name now. Um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Jake Atlas, and a new group who are a sort of, uh, they've been blanked out here for anyone that's listening on podcast, uh, called MSK, who uh, I have just seen on... Um, social media desmond xavier has posted oh there we go that's gone off his page desmond xavier has just posted that an msk so pretty much yeah. confirming that that is going to be the rascals it is going to be desmond xavier and um, not trey miguel because trey miguel hasn't opted to sign with wwe yet there are reports that he is sort of a I guess, dealing with offers from both WWE and AEW, but it is Zachary Wentz uh, who will be teaming with um, Desmond Xavier, presumably, uh, for the Rascals, formerly of Impact Wrestling. Very young, exciting tag team. So that should be a great match. Um, I mean, there, 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 I'll put the graphic back up because there are some interesting choices here that I want to get into. Uh, having grizzled young veterans and Undisputed error on the same side of the bracket is an interesting choice. It wouldn't have yeah. been what I would have done. Put it that way. I would have probably had them as the final. Um, the I would definitely say the right side is a lot weaker. I mean, you've got as a second round match, either Kashida and Leon Ruff or Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, presumably against gri- Grizzled Young Veterans, which could be a great match. Yeah. So um, it does kind of shape up to be presumably uh, MSK versus Legado del Fantasma and sort of all Lucha House Party, and then Adam Cole and Roderick Strong versus Grizzly Young Veterans. Uh, have you got any outside picks for who you think could uh, could have a good showing in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic? And what do you think sort of the final uh, semifinals and uh, ultimate winner is going to be of the tournament? So I think
0: my final four, it's going to be... Oh, I'm going
2: to put that back up in case you yeah. need to see it.
0: My final four is going to be Undisputed Era... And the Grizzle Young Veterans on the left-hand side. Right-hand side, I'm going to go with, hmm, it's tough. It's tough. I think the toughest matchup for me is MSK versus Maverick and Dane. Because Maverick and Dane, they have some storyline investment in them. They've been building them up. But I think they should push the new team in MSK, uh, Wentz and and Dez. So I'm going to go with MSK versus Imperium on the on the that's my final four, imperium msk undisputed era and Grizzled young veterans and in the finals i'm going Grizzled young veterans versus msk
2: i completely agree with that me I, I i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more i think that's exactly what's going to happen in terms of the final i'm just not sure about uh imperium or uh da del fantasma it's definitely like it's going to be interesting that brizango and Either Lucha House Party or Imperium, presumably, will be out in the first round. Two, yeah. uh, Three of the more established teams. Uh, so it is. Uh, some of the matches are going to be on 205 Live. I mean, you can look at this list and you can presume the... I mean, with all due respect, the Tony Nisaria Divari versus Ashanti the Adonis. That that has NXT written all... Uh, that has 205 Live written all over it. Even lagaro del Fantasma mm-hmm. versus the Bollywood Boys, I could see happening on 205 Live. Uh, I hope... I hope not MSK versus uh, uh, I Swerve Scott and uh, um, Jake Atlas because, I mean, they all qualify for the weight restriction. I just hope that isn't where MSK are going from here because they've got a lot of potential. Uh, but definitely interesting nonetheless. That, uh, and we'll be bringing you more um, news of... Uh, uh, Dusty Titan Classic and NXT moving forward. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to get into a quick bit of speculation about what MSG stands MSG, MSK stands for. Uh, I suggested to you before we started, uh, middle school kids. Uh, it, it was not my bet. I think we've got some uh, suggestions in the comments here. Mystery Science K Theatre. Uh, <laughs> we've got that one. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, any other suggestions for the rascals and what their name will be? What does MSK stand for? Have you got any suggestions, SP3? Um
0: Micro Smooth Chronic with a K. Um, that would fit that would fit with their treehouse gimmick from uh <laughs> from, from from uh Impact Wrestling. Um but yeah, I I Mega I, uh...
2: Soft What begins with a K <laughs> kids <laughs> My snake kills. My okay. snake kills. Wow,
0: mm. From Harry. Interesting. interesting. He plays cyberpunk, probably.
2: Probably. Uh, <laughs> MSG is what you get when you've had <laughs> when you have with KFC, probably. Um, we've got uh, any more news to dive into before we head into the final ultra chats? Let me just have a look uh, just news that chris jericho had covid uh, in september
0: which isn't surprising because we remember he had his little sturgis uh concert but he came out and uh, uh admitted it officially his quote from his uh, podcast was I had zero symptoms. I spent my nine days in isolation and stayed away from everybody. I didn't have a symptom. I didn't even know I had it. And I went and I got a test and they said I was positive. I was like, really, are you serious? Yes, we are serious because you were at a concert that had 250,000 people who who came out of it with the virus. It makes sense uh, if people were questioning Because he didn't really miss any shows in September, so people were like, Oh, he wrestled with the virus. No, he did not. If you remember, they had a live dynamite on September 9th, they filmed the September 16th edition of dynamite on September 10th. So he had from that date to like the 23rd that he was able to do his isolation without missing any dynamite shows. But Chris Jericho, between his Twitter game. A, who he who he votes for and his treatment of uh, denying and calling this virus a conspiracy, he loses a lot of respect as one of the goats that people want to claim him
2: to be. Completely agree. Uh, we've got some uh, some uh, quick MSK suggestions. Many super kicks from Chris Petru. We have from mod Mother Jenna, uh, Mister Shane's kids. Uh, that's going to be their new gimmick. Uh, Trey Miguel has been replaced by Shane McMahon. Uh, mini Kill Sisters from Eric's Gaming. I, I love that. That's my favorite one. <laughs> and then multiple Super Kicks from Stone the Gremlin. Uh, some very good suggestions uh, from you guys. Uh, some final ultra chats here before we head out. Uh, one from Russell Scope. SP3, you are wrong. Lesnar has had more influential moments in the last five years than Roman. Moments that changed careers. Drew eliminating Brock from the Royal Rumble and losing the title changed Drew. I think SB3 kind of said that when it was well, he didn't he didn't dispute that at any point. I didn't,
0: I didn't dispute that one. I'm not I'm not wrong. You're just not not putting in the fact that I, that Roman also has influential moments. So you're wrong for misquoting me.
2: <laughs> Ooh, there we go. I like that. Fiery SB3. Uh and then we've got a comment here from Harry. Uh hot take, uh, Takeover Brooklyn 4 is a better show than WrestleMania X7 and the NXT golden era is better era for wrestling than the attitude era hmm. in terms of wrestling, like pure wrestling in terms of the in-ring stuff. Yeah. In yeah. terms of the wrestling as a whole and the industry, you can't say anything's bigger than the attitude era. The, the, um, the popularity that wrestling had at that time. I, I wish I was a fan of that time where it probably would have been just a touch less embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. Uh, there would have been probably been more people. Uh, at school, who would have been wrestling fans? uh But yeah, as someone who lived through both, I presume you'd say the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. In ring, in ring wrestling, I think I've made the. We had a debate on if the Attitude Era is overrated, and I kind of was in in the argument of yeah, it is a little overrated because of the wrestling and because of some of the embarrassing stuff that it did have, but. As far as the industry where it was, the storylines, of course, the top of the card, and the stars that came out of the Attitude Era, I don't think anything in the wrestling industry will ever compete with that. As far as the in-ring product, I prefer the Rufus Aggression Era. I would put Rufus, Rufus Aggression Era in the conversation with NXT, Prime NXT, as far as that. What was the event that he said was better than uh, WrestleMania okay. X? Era?
4: Brooklyn, Brooklyn four.
0: four. I was at Brooklyn Four, and that is blasphemous. That is bla- That's not even the best takeover. That's not even in the top three. Like you're, I I put I put Brooklyn One ahead of Brooklyn Four. So it's not even the best takeover in Brooklyn. And I've been to all four, sir. So so that's <laughs> ridiculous.
2: We've really got SE3 rolled up here, but yeah, I do agree. Uh, it, it, I do agree. I can't, I can't disagree with you there. Uh, let's just check if we've got any more ultra chats. I see mod mother Jenna typing. Is she going to stop typing? Nope, she, she, she's not typing. I was talking out my backside. Uh, but thank you guys very much for all of your comments, your your interaction on today's show. It's been fantastic. And the last two days of SV3 have been incredibly enjoyable. Uh, we've now got two days of myself and Steph Chase coming up. So tomorrow we'll be talking NXT and AEW. And then any news on Friday that emerges from the wrestling week. Uh, before we head off, we've got Mistletoe Starts Kissing from uh, Uptown Avondale. For his MSK suggestions, but guys, thank you very much. Uh, head on over to SP3's channel, True Hill He, and his Twitter, and make sure you're following him. Uh, we're on podcasts, so if you want to keep up with us uh, in audio form only, uh, head on over to any podcast provider, and we'll be there. Uh, guys, thank you very much, and I will see you tomorrow.
4: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning
1: person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best.